Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. Of course, we're continuing to watch the Senate Judiciary Committee confirmation hearings of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson as she faces questions from all 22 senators today. Uh, and as always, we're trying to get perspective beyond just the headlines, what's actually going on in the room, uh, what's the atmosphere, and what are we really trying to get at in terms of uh, what we hear from Judge Jackson today and Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee, who has been in the room uh, is gracious enough to step out. They are on break for just a moment there in that hearing uh, to give us a little bit of perspective. Senator, thanks for uh, stepping out of the room and uh, stepping on with us today. Uh, thanks so much, Boyd. It's good to be with you as always. You know, we heard the word dark money 47 times today, and uh, it, it seems to come up whenever these things happen, whenever my colleague Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island uh, speaks on any matter related to the federal judiciary. <laughs> Yeah, and that was uh, uh, one of the, the the lower lights, I think, uh, in the course of the day. I thought for the most part, senators on both sides of the aisle uh, kept it to the higher ground uh, because really what we're trying to do is is figure out, I, I have been calling this the uh, show me your work day. Uh, and I thought yeah. in your questioning of Judge Jackson, you were really trying to get to that of show me how you think, how you interpret. Uh, what is it that you were hoping to hear? What uh, What did you hear from Judge Jackson? Okay, so the point I was trying to make with her is that justice should be blind. Judges should be able to see what the law is and exercise their judgment without exerting will. Will is judgment about what the law should be. Judgment is simply identifying what the law is. The judges and justice are wrong. Federalist 78 makes this point. Alexander Hamilton makes the point that judges have to execute judgment without exercising will. And that's because the Constitution gives the power of making law to the two other branches of government, the Congress and, to a lesser extent, the president. And if there's a policy flaw in the law, it's not the role of the court to correct it. If, if you have a judge who's always comfortable with his or her decisions, as Justice Scalia said, you have someone who's not a very good judge. Mm. Now, she, she grasped these, and, and she her, her answers on this point were good. I think she generally expressed agreement with that. And she also reaffirmed something that I talked a little bit about yesterday and that she confirmed today, which is that uh, it's important for the judge when construing a particular provision of, of uh, uh, federal law, whether it's statutory or constitutional, to look at and to ascertain the original public meaning. Mm. They're not there to figure out 
how certain words were used that have changed over time. They're there to figure out what the words meant at the time of their enactment or ratification. Uh, that's that's so important. One of the interesting things that uh, we've been, as all of us in the newsroom, have been kind of watching the proceedings throughout the course of the day today. And again, some senators take all their time uh, talking, very little question ask, asking. Uh, and someone commented as you were going through that process that you not only asked the question, but you listened intently enough to be able to ask what we think is the most important, that's the follow-up question, uh, to really, again, get at to the show-me-your-work portion. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, some of your colleagues uh, have been more about making statements than asking questions and then and then listening. Uh, what's the feeling in the in the room, and how has that uh, kind of ebbed and flowed as you've gone through the day today? It's been good. The, the feeling in the room is one of um, pretty intense engagement. It's also respectful and collegial. It's as these hearings should be. We've had some Supreme Court confirmation hearings in the past that have turned into veritable circuses with outbursts occurring sometimes every minute or two. That hasn't happened this time, and I, I hope it never will again. Uh, and so that the the, uh, the sentiment in the room has been a good one. But we have had um, uh, a lot of questions to ask. I've still got many more. In addition to covering this ground about uh, justice being blind and what that means. Um, I also spoke to her about her rulings in the area of child pornography cases. Uh, uh, I, I've still got questions she hasn't entirely resolved yet about the fact that in every single case that she's had involving uh, a uh, child pornography defendant who's been convicted in her courtroom, every single time she's imposed a sentence in one of those cases, she has gone significantly below where the law and the sentencing guidelines applicable to the case would suggest. Um, normally, in issuing that kind of sentence, what's called a downward departure from the guidelines range, uh, you need to identify something that takes that case out of the heartland of cases of that sort. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked her to explain how all 10 of those cases, every single case of that sort that's ever been in front of her, could statistically... Uh, be deemed outside the heartland. Hasn't really answered that question yet, and I, I, I hope that by the end of the day today and the end of the day tomorrow, she will. Yeah, as you uh, look at that, and we know uh, tomorrow we'll have another round of 20 minutes each for all 22 senators, and then I know you'll go into a closed session as you deal with some of the uh, background investigation stuff from the FBI and, and agencies. Um, as, as you've been going through the day today, uh, of course, one of the things I always want to find out is what's, uh, what is the conversation uh, in the ante room? What's the, what are the conversations behind the scenes and walking down the hallways? Uh, any sense from either your Republican or Democratic colleagues uh, in terms of how the judge is doing or anything that uh, is kind of missing thus far in these hearings? Okay. For the most part, I think she's getting good marks. I think people on both sides of the aisle uh, acknowledge that she presents herself well. Uh, that she's thoughtful, she's considerate, um, uh, that, that she's been trained well, she's got good academic and professional qualifications. But then there are significant divides uh, along the lines of her judicial philosophy and her approach. You'll hear nothing but praise, uh, generally speaking, from my Democratic colleagues uh, as to the results that she's reached in various cases and her her prior writings, um, a lot of concerns among Republicans. 
And a lot of this reflects the ideological differences between the two parties. Yeah. And then finally, Senator, what uh, what should we be watching for beyond just kind of the, the, the high level stuff that we that we expect to hear and the questions we expect to get? What else should should each of us as uh, a citizen and as a member of the general public, what should we be watching for uh, or questions we should be thinking about as it relates to Judge Jackson? Well, I think people should always, anytime there's been someone nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States, they should uh, follow along with these hearings. There's a lot people can learn about our system of laws, about the federal judicial system, and about the Constitution more broadly by observing this. And uh, and, and there's even though there are dis- differences of opinion, look at the areas where we agree, and those things are good. Uh, uh, it, it's it's reaffirming to hear someone say that they uh, that they believe that justice should be blind. It should be administered by someone who is um, is neutral and who's detached from the political process, and that they should be making these decisions free of political or other external considerations. I think that's gratifying, and I think uh, the average American voter should be impressed by that. All right, fantastic. Senator Mike Lee, senior senator from the state of Utah, stepping out of the Senate Judiciary hearing room. Uh, They are on a a brief break, and, Senator, we will let you get back inside and uh, positioned as the questioning continues for Judge Jackson uh, as her nomination process continues uh, for the Supreme Court. Senator, thanks so much for squeezing us in on a very busy day in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, that's Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee. Uh, and again, the thing that uh, many have noted today was just the different kind of exchange that Senator Lee had uh, with Judge Jackson. Uh, they were clearly talking about things that uh, probably went over the heads of a few people. Uh, but the thing that I found most intriguing about their exchange was that they, they were having this rigorous exchange of ideas. Uh, and they were both listening to each other. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, we need more of that. Uh, and we need more of that in these kinds of hearings. And whether that's a, a court nominee or whether that's a, another presidential appointee, uh, having that kind of respect and that kind of dialogue, uh, I think is what the system is really all about. And again, it's not always the question that you're asking. Uh, it's the follow-up question and it's the conversation of how did you get to where you are? And then think about that for yourself. How many of those kinds of conversations are we having every day? Whether that's with a spouse, with a child, with a neighbor, a friend, a boss, a colleague, or a stranger. We can learn a lot if we learn to listen and ask better questions and even better follow-up questions. Stay with us. Much more to come. Hour number two of Inside Sources coming up next on KSL News Radio. KSL News Radio, sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.